five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about direct mail, not dead today <laughs> and not dead yesterday. <laughs> and uh, off we go anyway. But first, the side slips, <laughs> the slide slipping, <laughs> side splitting KFC uh chicken new chicken nuggets so let's get that over here let's see if we can get that started <gasps> new chicken nuggets from kfc and it's their original recipe everybody's gonna want these So we're going to get over to look at the review of the ad, not of the nuggets. Okay, so memorable, four stars, effective, five stars, style, five stars. Uh, I can't read this. Heart or humor, four and a half, it looks like. Execution, four, five stars, hilarious. Okay, so KFC has just unveiled three side-splitting ads to introduce their new chicken nuggets. These ads brilliantly capitalize on the fact that people have been settling for dull, mediocre nuggets for far too long. Nuggets made their distinctive original recipe with their original recipe of 11 herbs and spices. The CMO of KFC US, Nick Chavez, states, Simply put, you've never had chicken nuggets like these. They're the chicken nugget America deserves and worth the wait. So chime in if you like. Uh, There's several of these commercials. I'm only showing you one. Maybe I'll show you another one tomorrow. Okay, that would be good. So that was Nugget Mania, um, that everybody's going to want to try these, I think. and so we'll 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 figure out cool it mom it looks like the next one but i'm not sure which one i had is nugget mania or cool it mom we'll figure that out okay they're so flavorful they don't they don't require dipping they're delightful uproarious celebration of their new nugget it's like i'm thinking to myself how could they have not figured this out <laughs> like like 40 years ago they use it on the chicken, but they didn't use it on the nuggets. You know, oh my goodness. Well, breakthroughs sometimes take a long time. Amazon will charge for some uh, UPS returns. And they warn customers about frequently returned items. So, yeah, this is probably a big nothing burger because, yes, customers who drop off at UPS locations could be charged could be charged a dollar okay but here's the funny part the fee will only apply if there's a whole foods coals if there's if there is a whole <laughs> fee <laughs> the fee will only apply if there's a whole foods coals or amazon fresh location closer to the orderer's address than the ups store okay so i got a ups store that's down on Highway 83, and I've got a Kohl's that's just east of there. I wonder which one's closer. 
I don't order much from Amazon, but it's pretty much neck and neck. To my actual address, as the crow flies, I bet the Coles is closer. I could have to pay a dollar. We always take them to Coles, <laughs> but it's not any, but it's just about an even Steven. Okay, so we'll always offer a free option. Now, the other thing they're going to put is they're going to mark some items as frequently returned, which I think is maybe a more <clears throat> a more clear way of flagging inferior items. I would say so. You know, because you figure the level of crooks is about equal <laughs> across items. That's not true. We used to have algorithms in the uh, dropship software that we used to sell when I was with Vic Hunter, and it actually flagged items that were more likely theft. So they sold business furniture, uh, one of the companies that, the, the company that it was originally written for, sold business furniture, but they might have something that wasn't quite so businessy, like a microwave, for example, a little, you know, a little uh, small size microwave, that item or a little TV, uh, that was more of a consumer item. And, and oftentimes those were the ones we kept track of the items, not only that were frequently returned, but the items that were, uh, were, were charged back or complained about, or in those days, a lot of people had open accounts. So you could, you could, uh, place an order and we would bill you for them. And so, uh, so we did keep track of not just the frequently returned items, but the frequently stolen items where they would ship them to someplace like, like, uh, a vacant lot. And, you know, you can also keep track of some of the bad ship to places like prisons. I'm not sure if Amazon sells to prisons or not, but a lot of direct mailers used to, um, but after a while, we decided to suppress the prison addresses. Now that you get in trouble with that, you know, because they do use office supplies and things. So, again, it's always more interesting and more complicated. But anyway, let's just say that a frequently returned item is a, is a sign of inferior quality or crooks. One, of the, one or the other. Okay. So, <coughs> they're going to label them as frequently returned and you can take your chances with it okay returns matter to customers but they're not the most important factor 54 percent take take uh free returns into consideration one quarter said the time frame is important and 40 percent or so consider the cost of return but the truth is <clears throat> according to michael levine Consumers decide first on cost and convenience of buying something and then think later, if at all, about how easy or not it is to return that thing. And um, he also said many, many retailers charge customers for return shipping, although as far as we know, the major ones, Walmart, Target, etc., don't do it aggressively. And that's probably because... A lot of times you just take it to the store and there's a Walmart near you unless you live in Chicago where they've been ransacked and they won't reopen. Uh, Josh Lowitz, also of Consumer Intelligence Research Partners, said, this is similar to Amazon offering a dollar or two for accepting slightly lower shipping. OK, 
Okay, so you can save a little money. Slower shipping, not lower. Uh, Amazon is letting shoppers know that they will share the savings. And it's an interesting concept because we have the we have Fleet Farm and Farm and Fleet in Wisconsin. <laughs> I think it was two brothers that couldn't decide who was really in charge, and so the other one, one of them, started their own. And uh, I don't remember which one it was, Fleet Farm or Farm and Fleet, but for decades you had to, you know, you know how uh, how <laughs> how stores have doors that open for you, you know, and open on the way out and open on the way in. Well, the Fleet Farm, they think they would open on the way out, but on the way in, you had to open it yourself. And I think they were trying to send a message that, you know, this is a low overhead operation. And if you remember when Sam's Club first came out, I mean, it was it was just everything on pallets and you just, you know, that was it. There was no stocking the shelves. So uh, so maybe it's just sending that message, you know. Uh, we made a lot of money for Dick Cabela when we changed, because we, when we analyzed their orders, it was like there was zillions of orders for one fishing lure. Because you know, you, you heard from your buddy, oh, the 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 dual the dual propeller <laughs> swimming horse was the was the bass bait best in the world. Uh, there is actually a bait like that. It has propellers on both ends. It looks like a Rapala with both. Propellers on both ends. You can't find it at Walmart. You can't find it at a fishing store. So you have to order it from someplace like Cabela's, who has every lure. <laughs> and uh, so I told Dick he had too many fishing lures. And he's losing a lot of money. And he took me out to the warehouses out on the prairie, his million square foot, nine million square foot warehouses, and showed me the little guys riding around in the shopping cart or in the golf carts, and I said, you can't possibly fulfill this for a dollar. His margins at the time were about 30%, 35%. He didn't want me to tell anybody, but that was a long time ago. And uh, bless his soul. And so a $5 fishing lure, you know, you had a buck 50 or so margin on it. Uh, and that didn't count the catalog cost and all, you know, the advertising cost. So you maybe could break even at 50 cents for, you know, picking and fulfillment. But I just, I just told the marketing department to raise the, the minimum order to $25. Not that you couldn't buy one fishing lure, but uh, you'd be charged the return or the, uh, the standard picking packing for a $25 order, not a percentage, which was very low for the $5 order. And, uh, what do you know? The average order went up. People would buy three fishing lures or five fishing lures instead of one. So how you handle these little details is important. Get with a guy that's done it before. Okay, and yesterday I mentioned Neil Patel's direct mail, 13 reasons why direct mail ain't dead. He said isn't. Okay, and so what we're going to do, and I thought that I had marked this up. Oh, I did. So direct mail, we're going to work our way through this. We're going to chip away at it for a couple of days because, you know, it's a nice article. And we'll see if he knows what he's talking about. Direct mail seems old and boring. You wouldn't drive a horse-drawn carriage to work or use a, a pager to contact your friends, would you? I saw a, a tweet yesterday about a guy who his, whose banker told him that the, that the horse was here to stay and, and that 
and the Model T was was a passing fad. But instead of listening to his banker, he he uh, he put five thousand dollars on Henry Ford and sold it like nineteen years later for or fifteen years later for two point five million, which in nineteen fifteen was a real was real money. Okay, so you never know what to bet on. You never bet enough on the winning horse. Direct mail feels outdated, okay? And uh, yesterday's article about catalogs said that a, ma- a millennium person might might have said that. Direct marketing, it was actually about direct marketing, might have been old-fashioned, but now it's coming on for the millennials. They're starting to get in marketing positions, and they're saying, hey, I don't get much in the mail anymore. Let's let's send something in the mail. Um, and so uh, here he quotes the DMA statistics response by mail. The green is customers, I believe, and no, the green is prospects. So even the prospect mailing does better than the customer mailings and overall performance of all the other uh, media combined response rate. Now, Later in the article, you'll see that he, he says that email and paid search have a higher ROI than mail, partly because, you know, mail might have three times higher response, but it might also cost 10 times more. So you got to always, you got to look at all the numbers, right? Um, now, this, I think, was written in about 2017. I couldn't find a date on it. It's from the Neil Patel blog. But like I said, it goes on and on and on. It's like an 18-minute read. So we're going to just chip away at it and see what happens. So direct mail, point number one, direct mail has high ROI. Again, depends, right? And um, direct mail has a median ROI of 29%, putting it in third place. And he shows this from the DMA report. Um Okay, there is email, there is social media, and direct mail is about tied with social media, and it beats everything else pretty, pretty far. Paid search or um, display, digital display ads. Okay, so it's almost double, di- yeah, it's double dis- digital display ads. Uh, so, um, then he says, are you curious about ROI? And so I actually have queued up, I think I do, I have a direct mail calculator. Oops. Is that the one? No, that's the picture of it. Let's go over to YouTube. This is the direct mail calculator. Okay, and this is from US Presort. Okay, and it shows direct direct mail return on investment uh, ROI calculator. And according to its, the way it loads up, this mailing has a minus 79% ROI, which doesn't sound so good to me. Maybe they were just looking at the <laughs> at the bars. The nice big bar here is cost. And there's revenue and there's profit. Okay, so minus 79%. Okay, here's the number of responders, 550. Uh, responders converted to buyers. Cost per acquired buyer is $240. Um, and so I noodled around with it a little bit. We'll leave the numbers alone. Here it shows 5,000 pieces mailed. You know, when, 
with a real mailing company, that's like the minimum for one list. So it's very, very small numbers. So, you know, that's almost, Vic used to say you needed 50 orders to, and this is only 13 orders. They, they, they call a responder, they, they, you know, they, they call that response rate and then, and then they have conversion. This is what we call the two-step. Okay, but we wouldn't call that uh, a 1% response gives you 50 of these people. But this would be like um, a, a 0.25% response in terms of generating orders. That's the way mailers normally work because there's a cost for every one of these little um, one of these little 50s here. There's a cost for that, okay? You gotta you gotta get them to a website, or you gotta do, send them something, or you gotta you know mail them something. And so sometimes a high response rate actually costs you way more money. What you want is a high conversion rate. And I do have a calculator for that, a profit calculator, if you're interested. But it's a little more complex than people think. But anyway, I decided to fool around with this one because down at the bottom they have sliders. And what I found was it takes a 40% conversion rate to get anywhere. And it doesn't seem to have a cost per conversion. Here, that gets me at a, at a it still says it's negative. So maybe it's even higher than that. I think this one has to be 1.5, and this one has to be 40%. Let's see. I was playing with these. Now it's still it shows a profit, a positive profit. But see, this is like profit against. This is like gross margin. I mean, I would say this is a terrible profit calculator, and I think Neil also does. So, you know. The link is in here if you want to go to it right here. There's here's how to calculate it. Just a terrible profit calculator. He says that baffling ROI says nothing of direct mail's response rate, which is 5.3% for mail sent to houses and 2.9% for prospects. That's because it's probably unlikely. You don't see that kind of response rate very well, very often unless you have a really good offer probably a low average order size. Um, and uh, yeah, you just don't see that much ever. Uh, and it would probably be a mature company that really has their offer figured out. Okay, where they say compl compare that to email with a click-through rate of 2 to 3%, but that's click-through, you know, and Google even says the average bounce rate is 50%. So that's enough for today. We'll go on to point number two tomorrow. So I would say I would rate this like a C plus so far, <laughs> but we'll keep on going. Have a great day. Like and share. Call up Neil. I have 190 mutual connections. So I sent him a connection thing yesterday. But if you know Neil, give him a call. Tell him you should watch. I'll tag him. Bye bye.